Coming up on this Don't Panic, we begin by talking about Colby's employment free vacation and the dangers of axe throwing. Then we get into the week's tech news, including part two of our CES coverage, all about rollable TVs, phones as trackpads, and the Vive Pro. Then we get into more tech news, including Hawaii's brush with bad UI and Facebook's fix to the newsfeed and what it means for you. It's all coming up on a brand new Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 189, recorded January 15th, 2018. This is not a drill. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast even the president wouldn't call a shithole. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys. Uh, as Thin Lizzy once said, the boys are back in town. These boys are Dan Miller and Colby Rabidou. Gentlemen, hello. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Hi, Sean. I... I'm not sure the president wouldn't call Don't Panic a shithole. No, come on. We're all white, Colby, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, no, no, no. He, like, he uh, likes us. He likes more of us. Uh, I anyway. See. I see. What's, uh, what's, what's, what's new? What's the haps? Uh, I'm unemployed this week and Oh, next no. Week. So if you're looking to hire Colby, send us an email. Uh, <laughs> don't Panic Show at gmail.com. No. It's just tem- temporary unemployment. You're, you're between employments. That's the yep. best kind of unemployment. Indeed. Indeed. Except, except for the permanent, but subsidized by either an estate or the government or uh, your your lottery winnings. That, that's actually the best kind. It's all the fun of a paid vacation without the paid part. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is, like, I have so much time to think about stuff now and, like, I've just been thinking about like things I could like shopping today. I was thinking about like furniture and like random crap, but I'm not getting paid for two weeks. So I can't, I mean, I can buy stuff, but it's just like more of a drain, a drain than usual. I feel like it's a, it's those urges are dangerous. Those capitalist (laughs) urges. It's healthy. It's natural. Colby, when you hit a certain age, you begin to get these urges. It's perfectly (laughs) natural. You didn't see the videos in health class? <laughs> I guess not. Economic health class? Yes, exactly. But that's now. Have you have you thought of any big highlights for your 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 unemployment span? Any any big stops? Any no shopping? Any big events? Any? No. Today I I cleaned the kitchen. Uh, tomorrow I'm gonna clean the bathroom. Which is exciting because mm. I haven't I haven't cleaned. It's the shower that I like. I don't. Sh- I haven't cleaned the shower in a while, and it's starting to show. Mm. So I got. I got to do it. It's a bit grody. Yeah, just a little bit grody, but grody enough. Mm-hmm. Now I wish CES would give me like yeah a shower cleaning robot. That would actually be useful. That seems like weirdly achievable. Totally yeah. doable. Totally doable. I don't think so. I don't know. How would that work? It has, it, it has it suction like, cups and it moves around and just like scrubs yeah, the just, shower. Yeah, it has like a little dispenser. You fill it up like, uh, <laughs> it's like an iron, but with soap, and then it just like squirts it out and scrubs it. Yeah, it's basically like a real life Mr. Scrubby Bubbles from the, <laughs> from the commercials. I, yeah, I don't see, get that reference. I kind of it's one of the, the 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 scrubbing bubbles bathroom cleaner mascots. It's okay. not Mr. Clean. It's no. the other one, right? No, the see, other I, one. 
I kind of see it as those like you know those backyard maybe when you were a kid. I don't know if you're familiar. The the kind of like wacky wacky waving water things where you'd hook the hose in. I I want that, but in my shower, and you just hook that in, and then it just gets your whole. Yeah, that right. sounds awesome. Yeah, Where, wasn't there a thing like that? Like, you like hung it on the on the shower on the the nozzle, and it like it was just a sprayer, and it would like spray around the shower. That's a really good idea. And you weren't there. I think so. I think that was a thing. I I, I don't know if it ever caught on. I guess it mustn't have because we're talking about it. I mean, because we're not we're we don't have one in our shower. No, I wish I did. Yeah. Damn you, soap scum! Maybe I'll see if those still exist and just get one of those. And you have, of a, you have like a shower. good a good shower for it. Yeah, because it's round and it has like permanent. Well, it doesn't have like a curtain. It's right. like and it's a not permanent... very deep, so the spray is gonna. I mean, this is very this this really only pertains to the people who've seen Colby's shower. So this is a very specific <laughs> conversation. This is not for the wider. I'll be honest. This may be the most specific yes. conversation we've ever had. Uh, How targeted clean podcasts are the, f- the future of podcasting. <laughs> is that what we're micro-targeting? Like one yeah. person who's like, God, yeah, I love Colby Shower. <laughs> wow, this content's just for me. <laughs> yep. What ads could we sell against the one person who's interested in Colby Shower? <laughs> I guess Scrubbing Bubbles. If you would like to sponsor Colby Shower, don't panic show at gmail.com. Indeed. Maybe we could get in touch with whoever builds the showers of that variety. And, and, and like direct connect them to a person who likes that sort of shower. God, we're so smart. <laughs> um, well, that's good. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'm going to go find out which of my devices is dinging. Okay. That seems like a good endeavor. Uh, while he's gone, Dan, you're a muted. Uh, Hello? Hey, there he is. Oh, weird. Yes. I thought I had muted myself, but the icon isn't showing up, so I thought it didn't work. And then I forgot that I had done it. True story. Uh, but yeah, now I'm here. Good. <sighs> Good. This is exciting. I didn't... Let's see. I, did, I went axe throwing this weekend. I saw... Oh my goodness. That looked yeah. very unsafe. It Honestly, it looked really unsafe, but it really wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was kind of unsafe. You had to sign a waiver to get in. But uh, you... It's like you're not going to throw the axe up straight up and have it like ricochet off the ceiling and hit you. And you're not going to like throw it behind you. Mm-hmm. So uh, also you do it two-handed, which going into it, I wasn't imagining that you do it two-handed. No, you just do it over the head. That yeah. seems like the aim would just be terrible. I was I was very not confident in my axe throwing abilities, uh, but my first actual throw, I got a bullseye. Hey! <laughs> and for, like, the first 75% of the game, I was doing really well, and then I was just missing everything. But at that point, we had already won. Uh, in fact, by the time the next team reached the, like, score threshold, our team had already won a second time. Wow. Uh, yeah, we were we were killing it. Naturals. Now, is this yeah. like is this a place that just does axe throwing? Yep. What do you think it's called? Uh, axe to grind. 
No, that was my team name idea. Axes and O's? Uh, And no one got it, Sean. No one got Axe to Grind. I would have been all over that. That's great. Axe to Grind? No. No. Axe to... Ah. Axe not? It's called Kick Axe. Uh, Yeah. And, but our team name, because no one seemed to get Axe to Grind at first, I just, the team name we decided on was Brooklyn Accent. Okay, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. That's neat. Where they, is, like, I'm fascinated by the business model of a place that only you go to throw axes at. So they have lanes, and there's, I don't know, eight people to a lane. And if you come with a group of eight, you get a lane for an hour. Otherwise, you're with a group of other people that make up the eight, each of which are paying 30 bucks. And there's at least 20 lanes. Mm. Uh, so, do, do they make you rent axe throwing shoes? No. They do make you wear close-toed shoes, but like... What's the difference between a flip-flop and, like, a pair of Toms when it comes to an axe? Like, You're like, oh, no, my Crocs. I don't really know why they bother. I guess for, like, splinters, because you're throwing at a piece of wood, and when you walk up to get the axe, there's, like, wood shavings. Maybe that's why. No. But I feel like if you if you drop the non-blade part of the axe on your toe, your your closed-toed shoes would protect you. But you you if you drop the blade part, like... Depending. I mean, more more than nothing, more yeah. than more than just bare feet. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So maybe uh, for the next uh, coffee and beer outing, we can all go axe throwing in yeah. Brooklyn. <laughs> now, is this like? <laughs> is sounds this, amazing. Do the pros bring their own axes from home? You know, Sean, you're asking the same kind of questions that I ask. It's so uh, it's like so bizarre. I would have never thought this is like a thing you could go pay to do. Yeah. I went go-karting around Christmas time, and I asked my friend who took me all the same questions. Uh, And the answer is... Shut up, Dan. We're here to go go go-karting? Right. But I'm very interested in, like, what is the competitive landscape for this sport? Like, how do people compete? Who are the best? How much of a gap is there between, like, the average person and, like, the best person? But I, I, no one was around who was an expert in this. In fact, even the expert who is the person like assigned to your your uh, lane had only been like, the place has only been open for a month and he had only been axe throwing that long basically so it wasn't much of an expert wow um, yeah whoa that's exciting wow yeah uh, I have so many questions <laughs> not even questions I just want to see it. I want to see it. I, I apparently don't subscribe to whatever thing Sean saw it on. Snoop shoot. You got to read Snoop it. Shoot. You got to watch his you know, stories. I don't want to watch his story. Oh, my God. Look, at Sorry. he's out of work w- for a few days and already he's whining. Here's the, oh. the, here's the feature that Snapchat needs because I'm I'm the same way is they need like uh, here you publicize like I don't read stories. If you want me to see something, send it to me. And then I just have a group of all of those people. Yeah, like, who okay, get, if who I don't get have your some... story is a Snapchat. That's what I want. Yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. What a week. What a week for tech news. Oh, my goodness. We, God, Dan, you were just the king of transitions here. Uh... I know. Well, I'm really excited to talk about one of these stories. It's relevant along so many axes. Oh, uh, I know. TV? Is it the what? The roll-up TV. No. No. <laughs> 
Is it is it is it the sales tax going to the Supreme Court? No. No. Oh, look at this, uh, Colby. Hang on, not to not to backtrack, but apparently, a uh, big thanks to Zach in the in the uh, Twitch chat room. They're opening an axe throwing bar in Somerville, Colby. Oh yeah, that's they serve drinks. Like the first thing that's you walk in the door exciting. is like, "Do you want a beer?" And it's like, "No, do I? <laughs> not at all." Well, that's 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 great news though, because like we have options for for the next uh, next podcast outing. Summer of 2018, Union Square Urban Axes, a Philadelphia-based growing chain of recreational axe throwing facilities that also happen to serve beer and wine. <laughs> Urban Axes, come Urban on, Axes. You can come up with a better one than that. We should open our own. Zero days since the last accident. Oh, oh. I'm just throwing them out here. I bet. It, is that way? Is that a thing you actually read, or is that? No, I'm just come up with names for these recreational axe throwing facilities that are fun. Oh no, they're about to open one in the in the town where I work. <laughs> the Agawam. So the Agawam Axe House. Come on. No shit. Opening soon. Look at this. Oh man, we're definitely doing a company outing. I'm very excited. Now, now you now you got me all kinds of excited. This is great. Coming wow. oh, it says January. Look at that. The Agamom Axe. Oh shit, they got like pictures and oh this looks very unsafe. Oh look, they have benefits. Would you like to know the benefits of axe throwing? Yes. Uh yes. One, stress relief. <laughs> Two, adventure. Three, acquire a new skill. Because you never know when your new skills as an axe thrower might come in handy. Number four, build confidence. Number, uh, oh, these are out of order. Number three again, burn calories. Number five, meet new people. Oh, man, I'm going to go on like a singles. I hope that maybe they do singles night. Oh, look, they're part of the World Axe Throwing <laughs> League. Okay, we're so far off. You can go to worldaxethrowingleague.com. Wow. Okay. World. Anyway. All right. Here's another good one. Nothing in this life is certain except death and axes. It's it's long, but it's good. I've got these all day. I've got. I I like death and axes. Sounds like an death, awesome. But I feel like the, the the pun doesn't come across if it's just that. <laughs> we'll have an exciting adventure. I'm going to exit this conversation and move on to the tech news. <laughs> nice. uh, Dan, what story were you super jazzed to talk about? Uh, the Hawaii missile scare story. Oh, the Hawaii missile. Guys, imagine, if you will. Because Colby and I are in Hawaii. We, we can imagine it. We can put ourselves there. That's right. You're sitting on the beach, enjoying a tropical fruity drink, warm breeze, cool waves. Your phone goes off. It says, emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii, seek immediate shelter, this is not a drill. How would you react? So so I almost had this experience because my friend who Colby met sent me the screenshot of her phone uh, just a couple minutes after it happened. Uh, yeah, it's like crazy. And I don't know what i would have done it it has never seemed more plausible than it does now so i think i don't know seek shelter but i don't 
Maybe maybe things like bomb shelters are more prevalent in Hawaii. I've seen them in New York, but I certainly don't know where my nearest bomb shelter is right now. Well, interestingly enough, so uh, this alert went out. It took, um, what was it? I read the numbers. It took about 38 to 40 minutes for them to issue the correction. But a missile, hypothetically, let's just say, had left North Korea. It would have taken about 32 to 37 minutes to reach Hawaii. So you would have been blown to smithereens before they would have alerted you it wasn't a drill so that that's about <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange timeline you're outlining here, it Sean. is well no but it's just interesting to me it's like they couldn't even correct their error in the same amount of time it takes a missile to go all the way from north korea to hawaii yeah that okay there are many things about this story that blew my mind uh the first one was it's to me it seems like like, I've gotten these, I don't know what they're called, these, like, cell phone tower broadcast alerts. I've gotten them several times. Mm-hmm. And it never struck me as a canned thing. It always struck me as very bespoke. And, like, sometimes it'd be all caps, sometimes it wouldn't. Uh, you might even, like, get, like, the flood warning in 2015 and 2016 will be different. Mm-hmm. Uh There'll be like uh, an alert about look out for a white Dodge Caravan with Amber Alerts. Yeah, and those clearly aren't canned. So uh, my first thought was, there it's not like there's a pre-selected list of these because they happen so infrequently that that's not worth it. But according to the article, there are a pre-selected list. But then I thought even if there is a pre-selected list, this doesn't seem like one that would make the list. In Hawaii, I could see volcanoes, I could see, like, tsunamis, maybe some sort of, like, terrorist event. But this one seems, even today, uh, kind of out there. Uh, Not necessarily, unlike the Cold War, it's not like they're running drills for it, like, school-wide every year. So uh, that was the first thing that came into my mind. And the second thing was... How, like, if it's so easy to send out a canned one, how is it so much harder to send out a retraction? Uh, And then, of course, Twitter has been uh, alight with speculating about what this interface must look like for someone to mistakenly do this. Uh, And I... I don't know if this is true, but someone found a screenshot of a similar system in another state. Uh, and at the bottom, you have a dialog box that you can populate with a message from a dropdown. And then there's a radio button on the bottom that toggles between test message and not test message. Uh, and then you press submit. You press submit either way. It's just which one of those radio buttons is checked. <laughs> yeah. Colby's Cole, laughing. Oh, dear. Yeah. Bad oh, UX, Colby. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it says, I mean, I feel like it, it. either way, it should probably pop up a thing like, are you sure? Yeah, are you sure you want to send a message to every phone in the state? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've encountered these exact sorts of problems before where someone took the entire site down because they upgraded all the databases at the same time when they thought they were only upgrading one. And the solution is... Whenever you're upgrading more than one of anything to anything else, send a message like, hey, you're about to upgrade a couple thousand servers. You good with that? Uh, and the answer is almost always no, because almost always <laughs> you're expecting no confirmation dialogue at all. Right, right. 
<laughs> well, do you think yeah. that like confirmation dialogues as absolute? So whenever I press this button, I always get a confirmation dialogue. Is, is that an anti-pattern? Because in my mind, I'm uh-huh. always going to ignore the. If I know that whenever I press the trash can button, I always get a confirmation dialogue. Oh, yeah. Or whenever I close a tab, I'm always going to get a confirmation dialogue. I'm going to learn to ignore it. I feel like those things... Like, I feel like if you feel like you always get a confirmation dialogue for something, it means that you do this thing so often that you're irritated by all the confirmation dialogues you see. Uh, and in that case, like maybe that's not the best thing to happen when you do that thing. Like maybe it could, maybe it could like sort of do it, do just do the thing, and then you could have a an undo option or something that was like less intrusive or like I don't know. Like you see, empty your trash can. It's like okay, emptying your trash can in ten seconds. I'm like if you don't, if you that's actually what you wanted to do, you don't have to do anything. But if it is. You go click the button or like, you know, you deleted this thing. Did you actually want to delete it? If you didn't, you can like undelete it right now. Otherwise, you can go about your business. Oh. I don't know. Tough to feel... do that with uh, mass alerts, though. Right. Well, I was, <laughs> I was going to say... have a cool down. Right. <laughs> right. Like like T minus one minute or something. Um, maybe that's not good. Because it's important that it goes out quickly. So, like, maybe a maybe a mass alert is but is clearly not so important that they can't do a retraction in this in less than <laughs> forty minutes. True. Do you think this like ruins the? Uh... I feel like when you mess up something like that one time, now you've ruined all future uses of this thing. Where like next time, if this ever happens again, it's serious. Like how many people are going right. to be like? It would be one thing if the message was like "hello" or "testing, testing," <laughs> uh, but for the yeah. accidental message to have been a, a legit message, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, totally. I think it, it's going to screw stuff up in the future. And it like specifically says this is not a drill. But it yeah, was yeah. why wouldn't it just say this is a drill? Don't worry about it. Right. Right. Uh, you know what they say? If you have to say it's a drill, maybe if you have to say it's not a drill, maybe it is a drill after all. You know, as <laughs> as the great Admiral Akbar once said, it's a drill. Uh no, anyway, that that was very lame. Uh that was a Star Wars joke. I'd Sean. say, oh, look at me, I'm Captain Nerd. Uh so okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll get the full story. It's under investigation right now. Um, the full story, as you kind of pointed out, it seems very likely that they just checked the wrong box. Uh, and instead of sending the test version, they sent the real version. Um, took them an awful long time. As you mentioned, Dan, this is part of the uh, emergency alert system, which was put in place a couple years ago um, as a national public warning system uh, to sort of unify the country and how they do alerts across uh, TV, radio, cable systems, wireless systems, satellite systems, etc. Um, interestingly enough, as you mentioned, Dan, a lot of parties have their hands in this. This can be used by local regional um, authorities, everything from weather to amber alerts to uh, obviously missile tests um interestingly enough um on the national level they have the ability to alert everyone in the country but only the president has the authority to activate the national alert fun fact um and so yeah so that's where also where some of the issue comes in it's quite a jerry-rigged system between uh, all these different pieces so i expect 
hopefully we'll see some kind of um, upgrade to to prevent this from happening again. I do feel like it would be an interesting thing, like from a computer person perspective, like working on state and local government, like stuff, computer stuff. I'm sure it would be terrible for many reasons, but like if you ignorant of all, all the things, the ways in which it's bad to do that, in which it's unpleasant to, to be a person working on those things, which I can totally imagine. It seems neat. Yeah. I, I, I just feel bad for whomever did it. Cause clearly it was an honest mistake. And, you know, I'm sure at some point we've, I know I have checked the wrong box and sent the wrong thing before. So, um, that's kind of a tough, that's, that's a tough one. I agree. Uh, but no missiles so far. It is only a test. Um, let's see. We've got other stuff here in the rundown, gentlemen. CES. 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 Well, the good news is, or bad news, depending on your point of view, uh, we covered most of it last week. We kind of hit, like, the, the most, yeah, by, by the time we, we taped the show, most of the big stuff had been announced. I got a few more here in the rundown. Um, stop me if something sounds interesting. The rollable TV, as Colby mentioned. LG. Yeah, we have to talk about that. Colby seemed to think it was the premier story of the week. So okay, I, I got to hear about news. it. Hot off the presses. LG mm-hmm. has made a 65-inch rollable OLED TV. Uh, that's a 4K screen for you. Uh, Ultra HD. Uh, it is only a prototype. You cannot buy it. No word if you'll ever be able to buy it. But it does exist. Um, and it is bendable. Very cool. That's pretty much it. The little, the little now, animation of it's cool. This TV seems to roll up. I think it would be cooler if it rolled down from like the ceiling or something. Yep. Then it's out of the way. You don't even have to have a TV table anymore, except for all the garbage that plugs into your TV. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's all going to be wireless. (laughs) Except for the wires. They don't show the TV actually rolling up, though. They do. They they show it rolled. Nah, yeah, no, there, there's animations of it, uh, if you find the mm-hmm. right article. The one I put in the rundown didn't have the animation of it, but okay. um, but there is a video of it somewhere if you can find it. Uh, it's not very fast. But yeah, no, this would be like, talk about having the coolest home theater on the block. You push a button and this thing rolls down from the ceiling. Psh, mm. Dope. It would be great if you like needed to, needed to pretend that you... Uh, didn't own a tv for you know whatever persona reasons you needed to not own a tv but then you could have this rollable one your secret and, TV. and went right right when your blinds when you're sure your blinds were closed uh and and you were alone you could un- unroll your secret tv and <laughs> it's just it's a secret just between you and the tv no one else <laughs> needs to know right Exactly. Maybe maybe the the consumer version of this will have like one of the 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 talking assistants built in and it could be be your secret between between you and them. Between you. It's my my little secret. My little secret. (laughs) No one knows about it. My little secret TV. Uh, Yeah. So, again, no word if you'll ever be able to buy it. But, you know, the last flexible screen they showed was like four inches. So quite an upgrade. Uh, let's see. We also had at CES, um, you guys remember Razer last year, we talked about on the show, their, their three screen laptop was sort yeah. of like the crazy thing oh, yeah. they showed at the show. Did they ever release that? No. And I don't know if, 
if it was intended, if, you know, if it was more of a mock-up than a thing they'd ever actually release. Um, though they certainly could. Uh, this year, Razer came back with another fun idea, and uh, it is the Project Linda. I don't know why they call it Linda. Um, maybe it says somewhere here in the article. But the idea is that uh, Razer, who kind of makes gaming accessories and what have you, they've gone ahead and made a smartphone, uh, the Razer phone, uh, and there's a whole... It's got a bunch of fancy stuff in it. It's very powerful and very expensive. But what's interesting is they also made a modified laptop. They also make laptops. They're Blade Stealth laptop. And what's interesting is you actually dock the Razer phone into the laptop itself, and you use the phone as the trackpad for the device uh, using USB-C to connect the phone to your computer. Uh, all of the hardware is powered off the phone. There's really no hardware in the computer shell itself. All it has is some extra storage space and extra batteries, um, but you pretty much power it just through that, uh, and it runs Android off the phone. So Wow. Didn't we, like, I don't know if this was us. I'm going to assume it was us. It could have been some other podcast or, or news Just source. assume it was us. Yeah, yeah. Like, like let's, right, right. Um, didn't, like, when, when we were first talking about the touch bar, didn't we talk about, like, why not the trackpad? Or, or I read that or something. Yeah. Somehow that, that got into pat- my mind. There was an Apple patent a few years mm. ago where they which I'm curious what happens with these guys but they patented or at least filed for a patent on the idea of of using a phone as docking it and using it as a trackpad um there's also been other versions uh there's there's a a link in this verge article we're using called um the uh that Motorola had the Atrix um they had a a a version of that uh, there've been other no one's ever like commercially released this but mm-hmm. um, but we have seen sort of patents and ideas of this floating around. Pretty cool. And there's no word if Razer will ever release this. Um, it's similar to some of their other sort of R&D type projects. The Razer phone is a real thing you will be able to buy. Um, it does exist. It's got a 4K screen and Dolby audio, and it's really kind of fancy and, and high-end. Um, but the, the laptop dock is is purely theoretical at this point. I sort of miss my Razer flip phone. That was a good phone. Yeah. It was a cool phone. I never had I thought it was fine. No, I I everyone I know I never had a Razer, but everyone I know who had one, they always broke. No. I don't think mm. mine broke. The, yeah, I remember the hinges breaking. Mm. That didn't happen with mine. No. Colby was a responsible youth. <laughs> I think after a, a, the razor, I got one of the phones with the slide out keyboard, like where the screen slid up and the hinges on that broke. Mm. But yeah, alas. don't don't miss physical keyboards on phone. <laughs> that is for sure. No, more than the physical keyboard, I don't miss the stupid T9 thing. I was never very oh. good at that. Yeah, that sucked. I was so much time invested in real keyboards at that point already. I don't even remember what T9 was. I know it was something to do with typing. It was the, like, you had three letters per number on the numpad. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. 
And I still can't do it because I'll be like, call 1-800-DISCOVERY. And I'm like, just tell me the numbers. (laughs) I don't want to figure that out. That's very irritating. Um, Let's see other CES stuff. Dell. uh, I don't think we... When was the last time we talked about Dell on this show? Ever? Probably once. Yeah. Um, We definitely talked about their Linux laptop at some point, right? Yeah, I was going to... That would be my only guess. Like us. Uh, well, interesting. I mean, they always announce new stuff and we don't talk about it, but I thought this was interesting and worth sharing. Dell's created a new app called Mobile Connect that syncs calls, notifications, lets you respond to them from your PC, uh, and can even mirror uh, its screen, your phone screen completely so you can navigate apps right from your computer. Um, now, it's primarily meant to work with Android. That's the actual uh, where you can share the apps are in Android. Um, they have an example of a call came in. You can answer it on your laptop and using mirroring, use apps right on the phone. What I thought was really interesting is Dell claims they can also sync calls and messages from iPhones. Uh, they didn't say how it would work. They didn't demo it, but they said it will be available. Uh, and Dell laptops will ship with the software, uh, moving forward. Hmm. That seems neat. Yeah. I'm all about being able to do more stuff for my computer. Because I'm in front of my computer when I'm at work. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a neat option. Um, to because back there used to be an app that did this way back when I had like I think my first Android phone. This was way 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 back, uh, and you could get like a Chrome extension that would connect to your Android phone, and you could like yeah, send yeah, messages yeah. from it. I don't remember the name of it, and it was cool. It was so cool, and I felt like it was the future. Um, and then it never. It never happened again. Yeah, I, I I remember that too. Back in my back in my heady Android days. Mm. Back what, what my HTC Thunderbolt <laughs> with, with HTC Sense V1. Oh wow! HTC when Sense. When was that? That was was that before that college? Uh, there were no Android. Yeah. There was only one Android phone before college, and that was the first Android phone. Yeah, Fun that fact. might be right. I don't remember. No, it wasn't. The, it wasn't Android the first phone. Android phone. No, the first Android. Well, yeah, was this the... was. What was that called? Yeah, it looked like a Sidekick. It wasn't called the Sidekick, and it was um, on T-Mobile. I know when you're talking about. No, Colby, I came into college yeah. with my. Oh, that was the LG Voyager, which was not a smartphone. And then for two years, I upgraded to the Thunderbolt, and then I got my first iPhone after that. Wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were ever an Android user. Yeah, I for like about two years, um, early Android. It was fine. Actually, I like the HTC Sense stuff on there. It actually worked pretty well. I have it somewhere. I should try and dig it out and see if I can turn (laughs) it on, see if it would even work. I'm one of I'm one of those weirdos who remember a little. I I gotta pull out one of these days for the show. I like have kept every cell phone I've ever had, which Mm -hmm. is a and it's like. It's too many, but it's quite quite funny to get them all together. <laughs> um, I still have my Firefox phone. Yeah, that's oh, man. That's, that's gotta a be a collector's item. I was about to say. <laughs> it's gotta be worth sell that. somebody. Sell on eBay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep it for posterity. Yep. <laughs> Frame it, put it on the wall. Remember it fondly. Um, last piece of CES news, HTC is uh, uh, refreshing its Vive headset with the Pro model. Uh, the Vive Pro, uh, they're increasing the resolution of the dual OLED displays. 
Um, a 78% increase uh, in resolution over the current Vibe. Uh, they also redesigned the head strap and added built-in headphones um, to make it easier and more comfortable to wear and a re- better, more resizable head strap so it's more comfortable to wear for long periods of time. They've also added dual microphones and dual front-facing cameras, uh, which are designed for developers to take advantage of. Um, it looks less clunky, and they've added a blue color to make it a little more fun. Um, I'm, do you think you can uh, have the cameras on and just like piping through to your eyes so you can like view the world through your H, your your vibe? I mean, with that resolution, it's like looking at the real thing. So, so I feel like it's definitely not. We yeah, look at computer right. monitors that are higher resolution than that. That's true. <laughs> that is true, but they're not strapped to my eyeballs. That's, That's true. They're so they're so far away. I, what I need to do is just take my 5K iMac and just like get it real close. <laughs> just walk around with it strapped to your face and the <laughs> like a big guys. I'm trying really out VR. This is, it's like I'm living in the computer. This is great. <laughs> My coworkers would not bat an eye for a second. <laughs> they say, "Oh, just Sean being Sean." Now the uh, the Vive Pro, uh, the current Vive will remain on sale throughout 2018, and the Vive Pro will come to customers this quarter. Uh, pricing will be available later. They also announced the Vive Wireless Adapter. Um, it uses uh, Intel's Ygig technology, operating in the 60 gigahertz band, to prevent interference and run at low latency. Um, it won't, they won't be releasing that adapter until the summer and there's no price at the moment. Um, no battery life estimates. Yes, but they think around two hours is probably the estimate and competitors are priced around two ninety nine, So you can extrapolate from there. Uh, I have a computer that can do VR now and I, I thought about it, but I don't really, I have no desire. I want to rent it. I want to, I want to, I want to like have it for a short period of time. I don't want to buy it. Yeah. Someone would make, you know what? I should buy one and then rent it out to people. And I bet oh, I, yeah. I bet Start I could make business. my money back. Cause it it's, I'm, I'm finally at the point where I want to, cause, cause once you, the problems I always, we've talked about this on the show plenty, but it's like, I lo- I want the wireless and I want the headphones built. I want like sort of just the easy streamlined experience. And this, and this pro kind of sounds like it's, all basically there at this point. Uh, I'm just curious how expensive it's going to be. Yeah, my guess is very. Yeah, <laughs> I just no. I don't. There's nothing I want to do with it. I, I see. guess I could f- finally make my uh, programming environment for VR. There you go. They got Twitter in VR now, so I can live the terror. Wait, what? <laughs> I did no, no. Literally, Twitter oh, made it an nice. app. You don't even have to pull down on your phone anymore. You can just lay on the couch and watch him come in. (laughs) (laughs) You just stroke your chin. Yeah, it's it's just a never-ending nightmare. Um, Why would you want that? Twitter and VR? Yeah. I have no idea. Because you should Google the pictures of what it looks like. But it's literally just like tweets just like in the air in front of you. Like it's like even Twitter does not have the world's greatest UI. It's even worse. It's even more useless. So, uh, did you did you ever see the the episode of Futurama where they go they go on the internet and it's like VR and they get they 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 get on in into the internet and then they're immediately swarmed by like 
pop-up ads which are like like boxes like pop-up ads that like fly at them <laughs> that's what that makes me think yeah of. i always love dan dan i think it was dan at some point on the show you said you're like you just wait until until the the internet knows everything about you and then they'll insert really convenient realistic ads into your augmented reality vr where you yeah. know all of a sudden a chevrolet car will drive by in the background because chevrolet paid to put a car in the background <laughs> And I'm like, right, and that that'll be the trick. It won't. It'll be tough to tell what's real and what's not. Well, there'll be a can of Pepsi, but they'll they'll map Coca Cola over it because Coca Cola paid for for the ad rights to your life. Right, Coca Cola paid for the uh, all the cans in your life. Yep. Actually, I might be okay with that. Like, <laughs> if they paid me, that's the problem. Who's getting the money right. in this situation? But if Coke was like Sean, we will give you five dollars yeah. a month. Let me tell you, but Sean. Every Coke, every can you look at will say Coke on it. I'd probably be okay with that. Now, are you a Coke guy or a Pepsi guy? I'm a Coke guy, so... Now, what if the situation was reversed? What if it was Pepsi offering you that same amount? I think, really, the only downside is just being very confused at what you're drinking, because you'll go to drink (laughs) and you'll be like, oh, this is grape soda. This is weird. (laughs) Oh, this is a light beer. I'm so confused. Everything is Pepsi. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the title of... Our uh, sci-fi short story, Everything is Pepsi. That's our, that's our Black Mirror episode, right. Everything is Pepsi. When, when we get to guest direct or whatever. Yep. <laughs> Thank goodness they don't let us do that. Um, all right, let's see. How Speaking we... of guest directing, Colby, before the show, you asked us about uh, HQ. Have you now played HQ? Yeah, I've HQ'd a couple times. The first time I HQ'd was on New Year's Eve when it crashed, which was fun. That was the first time I proxy HQ'd. Yep. Um, that was also... Uh, it was the, the weirdest time because I was with a bunch of people and, and several of us were playing HQ and we Same. all had the volume Same. on. Exact situation. Yep. Very trippy. Like, because everyone was watching the video. So it was like a, just a little echoey. Um, that was pretty Black Mirror. I feel like I feel like doing that <laughs> felt, felt very strange. Uh, I tonight I did the best I've ever done. I got to question number six, and then I got got it wrong. Nice. What was the but question you got wrong? It was about like uh, Sylvia Plath's like pseudonym that she originally published a book under or something. I didn't know. I didn't know that. You know, I read a trick online. You know, like the experts at HQ. Uh, apparently, what they say is for those that that middle group of questions, which are always the ones they try to trip people up. You should pick the one that you think is least likely to be the correct answer, because they do that on purpose to try and trick you. Mm. Yeah, I have noticed my like uh, usual test taking uh, algorithms for that. I, that I developed during high school do not seem to apply well to, to the HQ questions. Yep. Um, so it see it certainly seems like they're setting, setting traps for, for people like me, but I'll see, I'll report back in case I, if I ever win or if I get bored, yeah. I think one of those two is more likely. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be so rich. Now, is it true that when you win, you get, like, I don't know, somewhere between 2 and $10? No, I've seen, I was in a game, because it's however many people answer all the questions correct, they divide the pot. I was in a game once where three people won, and they split $1,000, so you just got, like, 333 bucks. Oh. So, it's just the, the more people play, the better odds it's going to get split a lot of ways. Oh, 
That's strange. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought like there have been a couple people over like a thousand people won. Oh sure, I totally believe that that's that has happened. I mean, this that game I saw was like one of the first, and this was when I was doing it before. I mean, before not that it was cool. Like, well, yeah. You no, you were you were pretty ahead of the the game. Not on that. I was like on that first wave, but even still, I mean, that was that was semi early. So, yeah, I think it's probably much more difficult now to win any kind of big money. Big money. Those games, yeah. Big money. Uh, let's see. How about we can do one more story? There's okay. really only two in here, or we cannot. Okay. Um, really, <laughs> for me, the only other big story is the Facebook news feed. Yeah, we should probably talk changes, about that. Uh, which is kind of important. Facebook announcing that they are planning major changes to the news feed in 2018 to provoke, quote, more meaningful interactions, end quote. Uh, the idea is that they plan to promote posts that generate discussions over those that are passively consumed. Uh, company executives say they hope the changes will make people feel better about using Facebook following a year in which critics have warned of its negative side effects on society. Uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg said in a post, quote, we feel a responsibility to make sure our services aren't just fun to use, but also good for people's well-being. Now, the biggest impact uh, from this change, likely on publishers, uh, it's expected that uh, sort of news organizations and those who publish a lot of content uh, will see them sort of downvoted within um, the sort of, uh, within the algorithm and instead see promoted more uh, personal content, people-to-people type content, uh, rather than those by third-party publishers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, to all the publishers out there who paid millions, uh, tens of thousands of dollars to get all those likes, good news! You have to pay more tens of thousands of dollars for ads to get people to see your product. You're welcome. Got him. Yeah. Well, okay, so uh, I feel like there's two stories here. There's, like, the publisher story, and then there's the consumer story. Uh, so, yeah. but I, I've seen this shopped around a lot, and I remember people saying this, though, when Facebook really started to get into publishing with like the instant articles uh do the by the way do they even have instant articles anymore uh yeah they do i I haven't seen one in a while yeah but i think from what i've seen a lot of organizations are moving from instant articles to amp which is google's version right uh anyways when around when they're shopping around the instant articles uh a lot of people are warning like hey be careful tying your business's profitability into one platform's willingness to show your stuff uh and turns out they're totally right mm-hmm. so any other thoughts about like the publishing end of it i mean as someone who publishes stuff on facebook i guess yeah sort of, um yeah it's really frustrating uh you know facebook all these brands and companies i mean they rely on on keeping these numbers up and when facebook does this it's a little it's a little disheartening um you know but i will say i think i i I guess you just have to suck it up and take it i guess you're right dan i mean you're kind of silly to rely solely on one platform and facebook isn't the only one who's done it i mean i'll look at our numbers and all of a sudden They'll fall off a cliff for three months and then bounce back. And it's because Twitter was tweaking its algorithm or LinkedIn decided to change how they display posts. And, you know, it's it's not an uncommon occurrence. Um, I, really, the biggest people are hurt are people who are Facebook only. And these companies exist and they're all these like not HuffPo mm. and like, but all these like weird 
content farms you've never heard of who all your yeah. friends oh tag somebody who reminds you of this which is like my least favorite facebook thing on the planet uh those are the guys <laughs> who are going to get killed those are the guys who are really gonna who are going to get hurt and that's their business model so you know bad for them certainly uh and what so and consumer wise do you think this is actually i'm surprised i'm actually surprised that facebook did this from a business perspective i think this took a a shred more long-term view than public companies are typically uh capable of producing uh i'm surprised they did it but do you think people will like this facebook more well, I I mean, I feel like there is there are two possibilities of why they're doing this. Like one is like they're doing it to be uh I don't know, good citizens or whatever or as a PR thing, but the other is that like maybe people's like newsfeed consumption is has been going down and so they're they're trying to to get it back up right like this could be a response to like measurable changes not just Mm -hmm. uh not just like sort of public sentiment um and may i mean if it were the public sentiment is a nice like it's a nice two birds two birds with one stone thing like Mm -hmm. oh we're doing something to like make things less bad and also mm, please please keep using it <laughs> uh, so it could it could it, from that perspective it could be a bad sign um or i mean maybe it's not not like an indicator of i feel like though if it were a numbers thing wouldn't they have changed it a long time ago or do you think it maybe started off good and then has slowly become bad like people got sick of it or something i i think once they kind of empowered these publishers to sort of not game Facebook, but to sort of overtake the newsfeed, I think they had to address it. I don't think it was ever their intention for it to to turn out like it did. I mean, they, they wanted publishers involved, but I think to the point where people are no longer seeing content from their friends and they're only seeing news content, which just from personal experience, that's what my feed is. I, I very mm-hmm. rarely see content friends post. Um, yeah. I, I think they had to respond to that. I mean, I, I, I think, and maybe this is just the cynical me, but to look at this and say, Facebook is doing this because they think it's the right thing is kind of, I think, just, you know, kind of PR BS. I, I think I, everything they do, they do to make money. And my only guess is that, you know, they're looking at their numbers and they're seeing Instagram's eating their lunch and Snapchat is eating their lunch. And the thing about Facebook is they make their money on ads, right? And and there's no debate that Facebook does really good ads. Their ads work. People click on them. There, there's no debate about that, period. The problem is you need people on the website to click on those ads. And I think they're very concerned about time spent on site. I don't know the numbers. I have a sneaking suspicion they are not great, especially compared to their competitors. Uh, some of Snapchat's numbers leaked this week. People spend a lot of time in Snapchat. Way more than you would think for a, con- where, a platform where the content disappears. People spend a lot of time in <laughs> And so I would bet you that they took one look at those numbers and said the feed is killing us because people aren't seeing things that are keeping them there. Um, and that is interactive content, content their friends are commenting on and sharing. Um, and I think they said, forget the, the publishers. We don't need them. We need users to click on ads. Yeah. And it's the... Uh, like, 
I feel like it's easy to imagine like how you make, you know, one decision or other. like, I feel like the, the newsfeed is sort of an ecosystem, right? Like you go to see your friend's content and you click on ads and, um, you know, they're, I'm sure they're constantly like tweaking, you know, tweaking the frequency with which uh, uh, I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. Right. But like, tweaking like how many of what sorts of posts you see and what posts you see and things. But like, you know, you can imagine like, okay, you start seeing more publisher posts. So you start seeing less friend posts. So you start like interacting with friends posts less. So like your friends who are posting aren't, aren't getting as much like feedback on their posts that they post. So they, they post less because that's the reason you were posting was to get likes and comments and stuff. Uh, on your on your content and so you post less and so you end up seeing even more publisher stuff because there's like less friend content for you to see and um you know it could be a whole vicious cycle like that yeah i mean, I mean facebook all, all their business model is collecting data on you so they should know enough to as to what people want to see and what people don't want to see and, and from my personal experience to date they have not done a good job of showing me what i want to see so if this feed change means that I get to see more of the things that I actually will go to Facebook for, great. I'm all for that. As a publisher, it sucks, and it's it's a huge bummer. And um, I think, you know, people are going to – brands are going to start to look to Snapchat and Instagram even more than they are now to share brand messages, I think, in the wake of this. We'll have to see how the final numbers shake out. Uh, but I'm curious how it will impact their business models, especially as Snapchat is really heavily moving into ads and sponsored content and things of those natures. I'm curious if publishers will will shift off of Facebook and sort of diversify their their social content. Indeed, guess we'll see. Is this something? Uh, is this something that they is like it's happened, or it's like they just said like this is going to be sort of happening soon ish sometime maybe uh more the latter than the former yes you you pretty much said it as much as facebook did uh eventually coming soon to a facebook near you i see so keep an eye out for that we will keep you abreast of any updates on the situation now we are going to move along to picks the part of the show where each of us brings along something we want to share with the world and we're going to start from the bottom of our little makeshift list. And uh, Mr. Colby, what do you have? Yay, my pick's a board game. It's called, it's called Pandemic. Mm. It's a very good board game. It's one of my favorite board games. I played Pandemic for the first time like a long time ago. Uh, and it's uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's like a cooperative board game. So you're not playing against your... Uh, the other players you're playing like you're playing together against the game, uh, which is super fun if you've never played a game like that. And I think this is my favorite cooperative board game that I've ever played. Uh, and it's great fun. You have to save the world from infectious disease. So That's it's educational. Well, sort <laughs> of. I mean, it's educational from a problem solving standpoint. I think it's a great one, though. Uh, Colby, have you ever played the the Legacy version or heard of this? So I've been playing the Legacy version with some 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 friends for I don't know since like last since last last summer. Oh, uh, we're we're like two thirds of the way through. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. It's I always want to do that. It's it's very fun. 
Very cool. Pandemic the game. Get it at a local games retailer near you. Uh, Dan, what do, what, what do you have? What's up? Uh, so, you ever use Slack? Uh, occasionally. Yeah, you know how you can... Maybe you don't know this, Sean. Did you know you can type, like, the colon character? Oh, I hate, oh yeah. You hate that? I do, because I don't... I never know what the words are that describe the... Mm. Describe the right things. Well, for those of us who have been using Slack for a long time or are forced to use it all the time... Uh, we know what the words are. Uh, and it's much faster than doing it like the even the Apple system picker way. It's hard to remember what the key combo is. The words are different. Uh, so there's this thing for a Mac called a rocket emoji picker, which lets you type colon in any text box and get the Slack emoji picker with all the same words and all the same emojis. And it just works anywhere. Well, except for it won't do custom emojis, although maybe you can add your own custom emojis. Uh, and then it sends them as the actual Unicode to the uh, person on the other end. So it could be Facebook Messenger or uh, a text editor or anything like that. I found it super handy. Very cool. Owie. This is very exciting. <laughs> just I knew, I knew Colby would be excited. Sounds like, Sean, you want no part of this. No, you know what it is? Uh, you I don't, don't send any emojis to emails? No, I used to do that, and then I kind of got... I kind of got a little mocked for it at work, so I don't mm. really I don't really do it anymore. I see. People yeah. didn't understand. I get, Maybe it's my emoji game is off, but I would send... You know, like... They didn't understand what I was going for, so I I, I see. I gave also also I send my emails on Windows, which is their emoji game is very, Outlook is horrific with emojis, so you know, not not helping me out in that situation. But if you have a Mac, oh, I think this, this is, is so very cool. neat. I'm so excited. Very cool. Yeah, MatthewPalmer.net/slash/rocket, uh, but we'll have the link on the website along with all the pics at Don'tPanic.io. Uh, very cool. Uh, I will go last here. Um, I got a CES pick, and it's very rare I do a pick of something I desperately want but won't buy. Um, and it's called the Vesta board. And this thing so is this is dope. a hint for any uh, people out there who want to get you something on your wish list. My, my don't panic secret Santa. This is this is the gift for me. Uh, what is it? It's uh, you remember those old school flipboard uh, thing where you know you'd have the big grid of all the letters and they'd flip, you know, like at a train station or at an airport, and then the message would go fuh, 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 and the and the oh, letters yeah. would flip around the little letter cards. Fuh, 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 fuh. Well, someone built a smart one of those. It is the size of a forty-two inch TV. It's massive. It's huge, and it's got um, what is it? About one hundred and fifty characters. Uh, 161 that um and you can do all the letters you can do symbols and you can do colors and it's utterly massive and it's smart so it syncs with uh the mobile apps you can manually type a message or you connect it to ift or your calendar to slack or to twitter um and automatically update it and and it'll it'll put up whatever message you want this thing is so cool like i'm not even joking i'm so all in on this thing because i would have so much fun with it it weighs 30 pounds. The thing is utterly massive, and you hang it on your wall, um, and you can display up to 161 characters at a time. Uh, guys, how much would you pay for the Vesta board? 
pre-order. Now, this is a pre-order, so you're getting a discount. You're getting 45% off the retail price if you order now. $200. (laughs) I already looked, so. Oh, if it were $200, I would buy one. No joke. I would put down the cash <laughs> so, right now. So what you're telling me is it's not to it's it's not two hundred dollars. No, Colby, you can get a Vesta board. Maybe we can split one. You can go in for one thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars, oh, no. and that's a forty five percent off discount. Oh, that's the that's, CES pre order. I'm so sad. Ugh. I'm. I really. I feel like I'm kind of a sucker for the idea of things like that. Sort of like analog digital mashups right yep. yep like it's really cool i mean it's but a it's a flip display if it was just like a giant e-ink display i would be much less i'm not gonna get one but i'd be much less sympathetic of the price point apparently they put a lot of work into making the the, the mechanics work i don't know mm. i don't know how they did that but pretty cool but it is cool i am i am all in on this so uh if if you want vestaboard.com they're available for pre-order pick one up today buy me one and send one to sean and please do send one to me if, Carol, I, don't if I had a business i would totally do this oh this would be great like a business where people came in and bought things Seems our cocktail cool. bar <laughs> yes every yeah. hour the drinks train change. train <laughs> train themed cocktail oh, bar shit dog now arriving. Oh damn! <laughs> this thing is this thing is legit cool. Uh, anyway, now, I'll, I'll do now Colby, uh, they have this in New York. I don't know if they have it for Boston. You can get your own subway sign, an electronic subway timer. Uh, in your in your apartment, anywhere you want, you could just get one. Oh, uh, I've never heard of that. I will find it. And I will send it to you. Sold. Neat. Um, NYC train sign. <laughs> well, while Dan is looking that up, I'll remind everybody you can uh, get more Don't Panic anytime on our website at don'tpanic.io. Uh, the one-stop shop for all of our audio, video, and pics every week are all right there on a great website designed by these two gentlemen. Uh, also links to all the places you can follow us at Don't Panic Show at gmail. Uh, at Don't Panic Show on Twitter. Don't Panic Show at gmail.com is our email address. Um, we do the show live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, oh, look at this. Oh, this is cool. Let me put this up on screen. This is the uh, this is Dan's New York City subway sign uh, that you can just get for your house. Yeah, and the cost is infinity dollars because they're sold out of everything. So, oh, that's Sorry, so cool. Yeah. I love I love gimmicky stuff like this. I'm such a sucker. Very cool. I dig it. Look at that. That's cool. Uh, anyhow, so, um, so yeah, so that's our show. Uh, I will remind everybody, uh, to check out some of our sister programs. Of course, Game Nights at GameNights.tv. We're in the middle of a great Dungeons & Dragons adventure. Colby's DMing for us. We're having a blast. Uh, we published some new episodes last week. We'll have more episodes coming this week. Um, I think, uh, we're... Well, I won't say anything because I don't know where people are listening, but it's fun, and you should check it out at GameNights.tv. And I'll also remind everybody up for debate at UpForDebate.tv. We just celebrated our 100th episode! Uh, with a fun look back on some of our favorite and least favorite episodes, and we tease what might be coming in 2018. We've got some fun ideas coming up, including this week's coming episode, another entry in our book club. And uh, spoiler alert, the book is terrible. So you're going to want to check out that episode at upfordebate.tv. It's 
genuine the notes because I, I take notes when we do book or movie review stuff so i can remember what i thought uh it reads like the ravings of a mad lunatic so it should be a good episode uh, at EffortDebate.tv. But that's going to do it for us here. I'm what gonna, movie did you, or what book did you read? What book we are reading uh, so people can read it. And uh, uh, th- yeah. my favorite thing about it is how short it is. So you'll be able to catch up before we do the show on Thursday. Uh, it is Of Dice and Men, which I was mm. told was a history of Dungeons and Dragons. It is not. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll let you guys in on a few secrets after we're off the air. But all of you listening can get our full review on the uh, Up for Debate. I'm curious because maybe Matt will love it, and then we'll have something to actually debate for once. So <laughs> uh, that's something to look forward to. But we're going to wrap it up here. So on behalf of Colby Dan, this is Sean. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time for more tech news and fun times here on The Don't Panic. <laughs>